I say this every year, and every year it's difficult to do, but you simply cannot overreact to the preseason in either direction. And take that from a guy who has a Phil Veroni heritage jersey. <laughs> do not go all in on the preseason. It's a path to disappointment. Yeah. United in red. Remember Todd White. Where did Eric Carlson eat? last night It doesn't matter if you asked It's the Chet and Luke Podcast Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode Zubov of the Chet Sellers and Luke Peristi podcast. I'm Luke, and I'm joined, as always, by the man who doesn't need to sign a contract extension to reassure you that he'll be with you forever. It's Chet Sellers. <laughs> How you doing, man? Pleasure to be here. Uh, I'm glad you're here. Never get tired of hearing that. So, uh, Chet Sellers, let me ask you this. How are you enjoying the preseason so far? <laughs> I'm really enjoying the preseason. What have they been outscored 22 to 6 in their last three games? You know, I know we say the preseason doesn't really matter. And I think I saw somewhere that every team that's won the Stanley Cup the last several years actually had a losing record in the preseason. So I don't put a lot of stock in it. But on the other hand, when you get outscored 22-6 when you're supposed to be in your final tune-up before the actual games start, you do have to ask yourself the question, is that good? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it really does ask the philosophical question, is there ever a good time to lose 9-2 to the Montreal Canadiens? And... Honestly, I think the answer to that is no. Just don't do that at any time. (laughs) If you have to do it at some point, I guess when the games don't count is the best case scenario of the worst case scenario. The optimistic approach to a 9-2 loss to the Habs with basically your NHL lineup uh, right before you're supposed to start the actual season is, well, that's just getting it all out of the system, right? But <laughs> but I think we said that after they lost like 8-1 to to the Devils or whatever it was. So whatever's still in the system, like this is clearly a, uh, a difficult detox that is going to require a lot of yerba mate or something. Well, at least the, uh, the loss to the Devils I kind of chalked that one up to everyone going all over to Dion Phaneuf's house and just getting extremely wasted. You know that Dion Phaneuf had like multiple cases of that Glenn Breton, Nova Scotia scotch <laughs> lying around. And I think Mike Condon might have gotten into that a bit. Yeah, that's probably true. No, watching the Habs last night put up nine goals, but otherwise demonstrate no clear identity or toughness just further convinced me that what that team needs is Chris Neal. Uh, you got to give it up to the guy, negotiating master. You know, Mark Bergevin wants to bring him on a PTO, and Chris Neal is out here in the streets, and he's telling you, you know, I'm a veteran of many NHL games. You know what I bring. You know what I have to offer. You don't need me to come here on a professional tryout. Like, who do you think I am? Who do you think Chris Neal is? Does Chris Neal look like Chris Vandevelde to you? I don't think so. (laughs) Does Chris Neal, if he does sign with the Habs and ends up playing against the Senators, is he a complete dirtbag in that game? Or will he, you know, act in a disciplined way toward his, uh, his former teammates? Like, how do you see Chris Neal on the Habs? 
Oh, I think Chris Newell is doing the same old garbage in a different sweater, trying to annoy the opposition. And I think that he's going to get into someone's face and all of Ottawa is going to go, man, that guy is annoying. I get it now. (laughs) We never saw it this whole time, even though he never got suspended. It turns out he actually is extremely difficult to play against. No, I just mean... Obviously, he knows exactly where the line is unless it's blue and he will, you know, play right up to that. And that's his game. And that's what you sign him for. I'm just saying other teams will say about Chris Neal when he played for the Senators. Oh, he's weaselly and he's a dirtbag and he's a cheap shot artist. And we would always say, no, he, you know, plays right up into the line. And that's that's what he's here for. And I guess the question is, is that still the case when he's in another uniform or the first time he chop blocks Mark Stone in what is otherwise a legal play? We're like, (laughs) you know, put him on a rock in the middle of the North Sea. I'm sick of this guy. Look, Chris Neal was fighting Ottawa Senators players while he was an Ottawa Senator. There's no way he's going to cut that stuff out once he puts on that Habs jersey. Fair point. Fair point. Anyway, best of luck, Chris Neal. But I do wonder if that loss coming on the heels of two other pretty bad ones is going to change some of the decisions that the team would have otherwise made. I speak, of course, of, you know, the only way to really wash the taste of a 9-2 loss of the Habs out of your mouth is to announce Duchesne. Uh, who is most culpable for these losses? I well, mean, to be fair, it's it's pretty much the entire defense as opposed to, you know, offense. I watched barely any of the game last night, which I think I'm very thankful for. Um, but the one time I did turn it on, I saw Thomas Shabbat get absolutely walked by Alex Galchenyuk on, I think, the second Habs goal. And I was just like, ooh, like if that's going to be, you know, the enduring memory of Thomas Shabbat from that game, like he's going to start the year in Belleville. Like it was it was ugly. I can see them looking at that game and saying, we're sending down Brown, we're sending down Formanton, we're sending down Shabbat. We need Max McCormick and Nate Thompson and all these guys to step up and be veteran presences because, you know, these kids are are just not ready yet. Yeah, this the sort of game that makes you go, hey, the Godfather 2 is on. <laughs> I think Logan Brown looks like he might stay up. Yeah, so, I suppose uh, there was I one guy. That, I love him. that Colin White goes down with an injury. That injury, by the way, blocking a shot with your wrist in the dying minutes of a blowout preseason game have a sense for the moment my guy like don't like sit that one out let that let, let craig anderson handle that one yeah exactly you don't need to <laughs> you're up six two that you wouldn't even want to block that shot in a normal game yeah yeah like i know like we all love compete level but you know dial it back a little bit there's a time and a place for that and it might be game seven of the eastern conference finals it is not in game one of the preseason that is a Curtis Lazarian commitment to character right there. So then if we look at the Thursday night game against the Caps, who do you have in that lineup? Like, is Brown there? Because I think Brown is there, but I think Formanton is gone. And I think uh, Shabbat is probably gone. I think you're right. Guy Boucher has nothing but good things to say about Alex Warmington, but then he always follows it up with, but he's only 18. Which, he just turned you know, 18. It, like, he was almost just 17. I think that no matter what happens, Guy Boucher's kind of like going back and forth and he's kind of just got on one screen these beautiful highlights of House Formanton skating faster than the wind. And then on the other screen, it's just Alex Formanton's birth certificate. 
He's just going back and forth like, oh, how do I reconcile these two things? Yeah, I think also that bringing a kid that young on the road with an NHL team carries with it a wide variety of legal responsibilities in terms of monitoring his behavior. Like, I would hate, well, for, I would hate for anyone to get sent up on charges of corrupting a minor because Alex Formanton has made an NHL team. <laughs> Go out there and have fun, kid. And yeah. by have fun, I mean stay quietly in your hotel room. Yeah, exactly. Bedtime times 930. <laughs> hey, do you think Eric Carlson is coming back soon? That would be nice. I would appreciate it if, if we had Eric Carlson in this lineup. I would feel a little bit better about the season. In the ongoing saga of Eric Carlson, we've had him skate, which was a welcome sight for sore eyes, and then give an interview where he talked about a piece of bone being removed from his ankle, which now feels like leather. <laughs> I heard that part where he said, yeah, they took out half my ankle bone and I could hear a choir of monks chanting, is that good? <laughs> you know? <laughs> But on the other hand, I'm like, you know what? You may be missing half your ankle bone, but that's just more space for you to put that $11 million we're going to give you, right? So, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, you know, I, I appreciate him being honest about it in the continuing burying the lead in terms of the seriousness of uh, Eric Carlson's injury, which goes from no surgery to surgery to cadaver tendons to half the ankle bone missing. Uh, <laughs> you know, What's there's really. There's, there's really not anywhere else that you can go with that other than, oh, yeah, and we just took off two of his toes. Not for any reason. We just wanted to. Like, that's, yeah, that's, that's kind of that's the next That's where we step. got the tendon. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, he was saying exactly the same things after he came back from getting his Achilles sliced. He's like, it feels weird. I have to adjust to it. And he went out and he won another Norris trophy. So, you know, I'm sure it's not the greatest for him to be figuring out, but I have no doubt that he will figure it out and probably have a good year, even if he's going to miss the first couple of games. Although I kind of wonder, I know they're not going to push him back until he's like completely 100% ready, but I kind of wonder if he's going to be, you know, pushing himself back earlier than we think. Yo, if Ottawa loses that first game to uh, to Washington 9-2, to Eric Carlson's in the lineup on Saturday. That's, that's, what, that's what I think. Well, it could be. Um, and then I think they go, they have their, like, Western Canadian road trip really early this year. Like, I don't know the schedule in front of me, but I think they play, like, two home games, and then they go out to, like, Vancouver, Calgary, and Edmonton. And if he doesn't go on that trip, I would imagine that's because he's going to play as soon as they come back. Yeah, let's take a let's take a look at the schedule because, you know, this we can turn this into a uh, season preview. Maybe we don't need to go through all the games, but just to check, do you have the Ottawa Senators going 82-0 and this year? Yep, same as every year, 82-0. Okay, and same. In terms of this season, um, most of the predictions that I'm seeing have the Sens kind of on the bubble, which is sort of where they, you know, have built their home and live year-round at this point, with the top four in the Atlantic being some combination of Montreal, Tampa, Toronto, and Ottawa. With mm -hmm. Ottawa being, you know, third or maybe fourth, but if they're fourth, the Metro is probably strong enough that they don't necessarily get a wild card. So, you know, but I kind of look at it and I'm like, Montreal is kind of okay. Like, they're probably the best team in a weak division by default. But Tampa and Toronto, like, I'm not convinced that either of those teams is really good. Yeah, they're both teams that are flawed enough that if 
stuff starts to go sideways, they will not have the horses to be able to pull out of it. That's something we learned with Tampa last year. And Toronto's, you know, the world-beating team that's definitely going to get better, even though they had no injuries or adversity of any kind last year. Well, that's the thing with Toronto, right? Like Frederick Anderson being their goalie. Toronto will be better, but at the same time, they were ridiculously lucky with injuries last year. So, you know, those two things kind of balance out, maybe. I don't know. I guess we'll have to see. I'm not convinced their defense is going to be better. Like, we're out here trying to talk about how, like, the Ron Hainsey signing is going to stabilize Morgan Riley. And I'm like, I've heard this one before. Right. And then with Tampa, as you say, I mean, they had they had their injuries last year. And maybe they are healthier this year. And Stamkos plays the whole year. But, you know, Druin's gone. And Bishop's gone. And so, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens with them. Like, Ottawa had their own problems last year, right? Like, we played, you know, the entire year without Clark MacArthur, which looks like it's happening again this year. But also large chunks of the season without Craig Anderson. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, if Anderson is around for the entire year, which we all hope he is, then, you know, that's obviously a, a point in Ottawa's favor. Yeah, it's weird because, you know, Toronto's the bubble team that had everything go right. Ottawa's the bubble team that had everything go wrong. And for this, we get Ottawa's definitely missing the playoffs and Toronto's going to fight for the division lead. Classic analysis from your <laughs> completely unbiased media. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was a very Trump thing to say. <laughs> How dare you, sir? <laughs> so neither you nor I think that Ottawa is actually going to finish fourth in the Atlantic um, because we're already on the record saying they're going to go 82 and 0. That's right. Okay. And if you were not going to be smart like us, I think that a bubble team is a reasonable prediction for Ottawa because when is it not? Like a bubble team also describes basically two thirds of the league. So putting Ottawa in that creamy middle somewhere is basically a move you can make without having to think about it too much. Right. But you'll feel better once A, Carlson returns and B, they announce Duchesne. I think that the best way to go about freeing up dollars really is trading Cody Cece for Matt Duchesne one for one because Cody Cece is going to need a new contract after this. You know, we did this with uh, Zibanejad. Sometimes you can't pay everyone and you got to make a win-now move and trade the guy you're about to give too much money to for a guy who makes a more reasonable contract. That's exactly right. And I think you also have to say to Colorado, you know what? Mia culpa. The Weirkosh thing didn't work out. Cowan's PTO didn't work out. But we can promise you that Cody Cece is better than either of those two guys. And if you're going to take one defenseman from us, it should be Cody Cece. I think you yeah. can I think you can reasonably make that case to Joe Sackick, and then you can announce Duchesne. When you think of great defensemen, you think Ottawa Senators. Carlson, Redden, Chara, Cece. Make the call, Joe. Uh, we'll be by our phones all night, folks. <laughs> uh, that number again. <laughs> Uh, 1-800-DUCHENE. How about the extremely reasonable extension signed this week by Craig Anderson for basically below market value, given the way he's played the last couple of years? Like that's, (laughs) does anybody not like that deal? At this point, the only people who don't like it are the people who are, again, like looking at Craig Anderson's birth certificate being like, those ages though. But as long as... I I also don't believe that Craig Anderson was actually born in the United States. (laughs) <laughs> I think he's secretly Canadian. 
like Craig Henderson, all he's done since he got to Ottawa is be one of the best yet least respected goalies in the NHL. And he keeps on signing contracts commensurate with that fact. And does he even care? Like, I think he likes Ottawa. He likes playing for Ottawa. And we like him on account of being the best goalie in franchise history. And the only reason why he's not making $7 million a year is because he's older. But, you know, for as long as he's healthy, he's the guy. So I'm extremely pleased with that deal. I was disappointed to see Andrew Hammond put on waivers again this week to be the guy who takes everybody out for dinner in Belleville all year. But I am very pleased that uh, we've got Anderson for another uh, two years at below market value, basically. I put out some tweets about Andrew Hammond this week, basically saying, I don't know why this guy is persona non grata, not just in Ottawa, but around the league. And I had someone roll up in my mentions to say, it was like, yo, why is Andrew Hammond out here 30 pounds heavier than Craig Anderson and Mike Condon, though? I gotta say, when like the out of shape smack starts coming at you from the uh, from the randoms on Twitter, like that's a wrap. I don't know what else is going on behind the scenes with Hammond and why they soured on him so much. I mean, to me, if you squint, he and Mike Condon don't really look that different. So why Condon gets three years and almost as much money in two years as Craig Anderson is making to be like the 1A and 1B, as Dorian says. I don't really know what they see in Condon that is, you know, so much better than a guy like Andrew Hammond or a league average backup that you can just find every single year while you wait for, you know, Marcus Hogberg, who may or may not turn out to be a good goalie. We have no idea because it's a goalie. I don't really get that. But, you know, for whatever reason, like there's probably something else with Hammond where they're like, yeah, we can't go with this guy. But you yeah, signed every- him every time. Like if, if I wanted a get rich quick strategy. I would basically just advise people to play 20 decent games in net for the Ottawa Senators because we've now seen both Hammond and Condon turn that into long-term contracts. Yeah, there's two ways to get paid in the NHL. One is to be good at goalie over a short period of time, and the other is to be Eric Carlson's defensive partner. (laughs) Those are two surefire ways to get paid way more money than you're probably worth. You're welcome, Freddie Clayson. Every time Pierre Dorian refers to Anderson and Condon as like 1A and 1B, I'm just like, no, don't, don't, no, no, don't do that. No. And then I need to like retire to my room, to my fainting couch and my (laughs) smelling salts. And I go back to Mike Condon's hockey DB page and I look at his stats and I'm like, no, Joe, not that good. I don't know. As you say, I don't know what they see that we don't, but it's definitely not save percentage. No, and Condon hasn't been looked particularly sharp in the preseason either. I mean, Anderson... Oh, on account of giving up, like, <laughs> 12 goals and a combined 60 minutes work or something? Yeah, Anderson looked good early. Like, I think he played, you know, I think he played the game against the Habs uh, very early on. Condon looked bad against the Devils. Anderson gave up a bunch of goals last night, but, like, nobody was playing defense in front of him. So I'm still, even if it is 1A and 1B, as Dorian says, I mean, Anderson a guy that will regularly play 65 games a year if he's healthy so i'm assuming that's going to be the case again this year anderson the man who can play 65 games a year who never does i mean i guess the only other thing is if he's gonna start playing a little less in the regular season because they are trying to manage him for the postseason right yeah uh but you also have to make the postseason so best of luck mike condon Yeah, I can see Ottawa giving uh, Craig Anderson the Tim Duncan treatment the next couple of years where every once in a while you just go, Craig Anderson's a DNP old tonight. Yeah, exactly. Um, Mike Condon's going to get the start against Carolina. 
I will say this. The Ottawa Senators uh, marketing game has been vastly improved this season, as we know. And by vastly improved, I mean we've changed a logo and everyone has given them the Nobel Prize for it. But I was uh, seeing that Ottawa is now going to have a house band. I've heard about in- this. In in at the games, the uh, the Ottawa Senators were were saying, you know, come come name our uh, come name our house band. And I was like, I want to be a part of this. I will I will participate in this vote. I like democracy. And then the Senators have allowed you to choose between four different band names, and those names are Coast to Coast, Hat Tricks, Missing Chicklets, and eighteen eighty three. Terrible. And I All gotta terrible. say, those band names are the reason why God doesn't talk to us anymore. And what is eighteen eighty three? What year is what is eighteen eighty three exactly? What what year is that supposed to um, represent? Like what what is significant about that? Is that the first year that the Ottawa Silver Sevens existed? Perhaps I don't know. And also, just in today's environment, calling your band eighteen eighty three sounds like some kind of weird white nationalist thing. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah, this like you, this podcast is now called Schlappic Trap House, by the way. Um, <laughs> no, those names are all terrible, as are all the names proposed on Twitter in response, like Steely Danny Heatley. I I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm hoping that whoever you know they put in their band, it's more than just like the organist except now he's holding a keytar and he's like and has a drum machine and now he's like the house band and it's like ladies and gentlemen missing chicklets like uh <laughs> i'm hoping it's a little Distasteful. bit cooler than that but we'll have to see you know i'm sure they can uh i'm sure they can, they've had you know bands play in the past like during intermission it's like they go to you know one of the empty suites and they're just like and now here's Connor Jordan and the Jordans or whatever, three 17-year-old kids from Stittsville who have been playing for, you know, a couple of months. You know, they've got some covers. They're okay. Uh, but, you know, this is a team that over this past uh, offseason has doubled down on the marketing. They have brought in, allegedly, the NHL's greatest hot dog. So I think we owe them the uh, the patience to see, you know, who they're going to bring in as this band. Like I'm The uh, NHL's greatest hot dog? You mean Alex Ovechkin plays for the team now? <laughs> <laughs> but if they can bring in if they can bring in the NHL's greatest hot dog, who's to say they can't reunite the surviving members of Led Zeppelin, call them coast to coast and make them the Canadian Tire Center house band? <laughs> you know, let's let's make it happen. Oh, With man. Dave Grohl on drums. <laughs> I think the name is obvious. You have a well-loved team concept. Why aren't you just calling the band The System? Just call it The System. <laughs> or, or Dave Grolsch and The Systems yeah. or something. System of a bar down. Exactly. See, it writes itself. It's yeah. right there. One thing, though, you can you do see from those terrible names they proposed is none of them are Roman or Spartan or Centurion themed. Spartacat and the Centurions or anything like that. Like it's it's clearly, again, with that rebrand moving away from the uh, from the current logo. That is one good thing, but I think that, you know, a Centurion slash ancient Rome slash ancient Greece inspired band would have to then be prog rock and i don't think we're out here for these like 12 minute keyboard solos trying to get us pumped up before a power play <laughs> no uh, you don't I liked, think so. i liked your led zeppelin's idea better all right we're now going to play stairway to silver seven i don't know i like the idea of emerson <laughs> lake and boucher <laughs> all right well 
Chet, we made it. We've made it through uh, a long off season. We've made it through a terrible preseason. And you know what? I would have said that even if Ottawa won all their games. I don't really care for this preseason business. All it does is make you upset for no good reason. And sometimes your favorite prospects get injured. Who needs it? Well, you know, I never thought I would be ready to come back to hockey after last year's playoffs. But damn it, it's October and I'm ready for the season to start. I can't believe we do this every year. But there you go. The hockey season really is like pain. You forget how terrible it is until it seizes you again. Oh, I love that my hobby makes me sad. (laughs) I know. The rest of my life is too good. I know. Well, I've always said that about you. All right, folks. Good luck. Good system to you. We'll see you in a few weeks to recap the first couple weeks of the regular season. And hopefully we'll have only good things to say about the Ottawa Senators, Matt Duchesne, and Eric Carlson's zombie ankle. <laughs> well, we'll be talking. Carlson will be back, but there will be one last revelation to come, right? <laughs> that they've actually replaced his foot with uh, Eric Condra's hands. Uh, but don't <laughs> worry, we've heard they're great. Uh, all right, folks, take care, and we'll talk to you soon. Good system. Good system. See you next time. For a couple of fellers who both still live with their moms Breaking the town's local hockey team down with some microphones on No other podcast was finer Or was more of a hit with the big rig diners We never thought they'd make it past episode 5 Whoa, somehow these dudes named Shed and Paris to your life Whoa, whoa, whoa yeah, that Western road trip at Vancouver and then at Calgary and at Edmonton on back-to-back nights. Curtis was our revenge night. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, Alex Burroughs uh, finally gets to annoy the Sedins. Does he even know which one is which? <laughs> well, I do hope that they cut away and we can see the scoreboard tribute to Alex Burroughs during that Canucks game. You remember when they did the Alfredson retirement and the biggest cheer is, um, you know, him dumping Darcy Tucker. I am sure that if they show a tribute to Alex Burroughs in Vancouver, it will include uh, the bite, right? Yeah, you've got to think so. And did he also flip someone off after scoring, or is that a different annoying player? I, I think that's right. I mean, Alex Burrow's stories are kind of like, it; they're all sort of believable, you know? Yeah, he's like the Keith Moon of soccer, or <laughs> yeah. of hockey, rather. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He drove his car into a pool. It's like, well, that's Alex Burrow's. I believe that probably happened. <laughs>